Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Fluently Forward, mini episode edition. And this episode, I'm going to try my hardest to have it be F-bomb free, because I really want my dad to listen to this episode, because he's a little bit of an Elon Musk fanboy, self-admittedly so. And he's told me before that after the third F-bomb, he turns off my podcast. So we're going to have this be a nice, clean episode, which is going to be kind of ironic because we are talking about our boy Jeff and the muskrat. So we've done episodes on Jeffrey Epstein before. I want to say maybe like five, six, seven. And I'm so grateful for you for letting me do these episodes because I know Jeffrey Epstein he kind of is involved in pop culture because it kind of seems like everyone in the world with a net worth of over $100 million was like his best friend. But it's not super, like he doesn't go to the Met Gala. Like it's not that type of pop culture. So I'm just happy that you guys are also interested in these episodes. We've done a bunch on Jeffrey Epstein. We've also done a bunch on the muskrat, Elon Musk over here. And wouldn't you know it, the covers are getting, uh, what am I trying to say? The covers are getting uncovered. Things are happening, okay? I think after Jeffrey Epstein quote-unquote died, well, I mean, he did die, but how, how did he die is the question. But I think a lot of people were kind of disheartened that a lot of these answers were going to die with him. And I thought the same thing was going to happen. I was very disappointed by the Ghislaine Maxwell trial. But thankfully, we have a lot of drama happening recently with Bill Gates. I don't know if you heard about the recent news about how Apparently, allegedly, Jeffrey Epstein was threatening Bill Gates over his affair with this young bridge player. That's right. One day we're going to have to do a Bill Gates episode because this man was sleeping around. Anyway, and just the TLDR of that is that Bill Gates met this young, beautiful Russian woman. She was in her 20s when he met her at a bridge event. That's right. Like, I'm not talking architecture. I'm talking like playing cards. And she looks exactly like Greta Thunberg, in my opinion. And she also looks like she's 12. So weird stuff there. Apparently, Jeffrey Epstein found out about their affair. He like built up a relationship with this girl. He was trying to dangle it over Bill Gates's face. And this just kind of leans into what everyone is saying, other than the goddamn news anchors and the media companies, but what everybody with half a brain is saying is that Jeffrey Epstein worked in the business of blackmail. Was he a sex trafficker? Yes. Was he an abuser? Yes. Did he have every single boat, car, mansion outfitted with different security cameras? Yes. So I think that blackmail was really his game. Anyway, things are coming to light, and one of the things that have been in the news since May 16th, let me read you this headline here, Elon Musk documents subpoenaed in Jeffrey Epstein lawsuit by the U.S. Virgin Islands. And basically, there are a lot of billionaires out there right now kind of shitting their pants. Oh, that's not an F-bomb. That's an S-bomb. Anyway, kind of shitting their pants over their relationships with Jeffrey Epstein. And this is all because there's a lawsuit a recent lawsuit that's accusing J.P. Morgan, you know, I know them, I bank with Chase. Anyway, and it's accusing them of enabling Jeffrey Epstein. And I think that's really interesting. You wouldn't think that a bank would be involved with the Jeffrey Epstein situation, but think about it. Who's signing off on all of these huge transactions and the purpose for them? So basically, the U.S. Virgin Islands subpoenaed Tesla CEO Elon Musk for documents, and they just wanted to collect from Elon Musk different documents of 
your exchanges with Jeffrey Epstein, what he said to you in emails. They're trying to kind of poke around and be like, was he blatantly nefarious? Do we have any written communication of him doing anything illegal? And we're going to talk a little bit more about other folks who are being subpoenaed for this. So it was issued on April 28th, and the subpoena came because people hadn't been able to locate and serve Elon Musk. And apparently they don't want to question him under oath. They're not implicating him in any wrongdoing. They just want some documents, which I wonder, like, as a billionaire who used to hang out with Jeffrey Epstein, it's probably such a, what do you call it, like the devil's razor or something? Because if you say, oh, yes, sure, I'll comply. Here's all of my documents. The headlines are going to be like, Elon Musk hands over documents for Jeffrey Epstein. And people are going to be like, oh, my God. But then if he doesn't hand over the documents by trying to distance himself from Jeffrey Epstein, which is happening right now, he also looks pretty damn suspicious. Now, people are kind of now starting to dive in. I think the only true reference with Jeffrey Epstein and Elon Musk that we had before this was just the one picture where Ghislaine Maxwell is kind of like awkwardly smiling next to him slash behind him at some fancy gala event. And he said, oh, Ghislaine Maxwell photobombed me. I don't even know her. Well, we're going to dive into the Jeffrey Epstein, Elon Musk timeline. I've put together basically every instance of their relationship over the last decade or so. And let me tell you, he did know Ghislaine Maxwell. It wasn't just a photobomb. Now, before we dive into this timeline, I just want to mention one thing too. One of the co-founders of Google, Larry Page, he has also been attempted to be reached out and hand over documents about his communications with Jeffrey Epstein. And he is now getting subpoenaed because he can't be physically located. So apparently they tried to serve him these documents or however the hell it happens at four different addresses and they couldn't find him anywhere. And he owns like, what's going on with all these billionaires? He owns this like $3 billion island and people just aren't sure which island he owns that he's on and they can't find him. And you know me, I'm a, I'm a little bit of a conspiracy theorist. So this quote really stood out to me where they go, the government made good faith attempts to obtain an address for Larry Page, including hiring an investigative firm to search public record databases for possible addresses. And look, maybe this is just because I did my taxes recently as somebody who is self-employed and it really is a donkey punch. But you know me, I also talk about, I can find people's addresses through a $25 a month service called truthfinder.com. And this is just like such an example of the government egregiously using everybody's taxpayer money, not for healthcare, God forbid, but for bullshit like this. Hiring an investigative firm to search public records databases, give it to a 17-year-old girl intern who, I mean, hi, girls, raise your hand. Can't you find everything online? Hiring an investigative firm to search something that's already public. You know they probably spent, what, $15,000 to do that? So stupid. Anyway, something funny about the fact that they're trying to find where Larry Page is and they can't. Somebody online said, have they tried Googling him? And that is crazy to me, too, that for everything, maybe I'm just watching too many like crime TV shows, I just thought that there's like cameras on traffic lights and CCTV and satellites that can pinpoint where you are. How is it that you can just not find someone? I don't know. I've been watching like too many Jason Statham movies. I'm like, oh no, like there's a few people out there who could probably find him. 
Anyway, so before we get into the timeline as well, just a little bit of a recap about the article, right? So you might think at first it's not that bad. Okay, the subpoena wants communications between the entrepreneur and J.P. Morgan regarding Epstein. Okay, then, you know, that sounds not that great. Then it continues. The subpoena also sought all documents regarding fees that Musk paid to Epstein. Okay, well, that sounds like he's a little bit more involved. And then it continues... It also asked Elon Musk for all documents reflecting or regarding Jeffrey Epstein's involvement in human trafficking and his procurement of girls or women for commercial sex. Now that kind of sounds like he's a little bit involved, or at least he knew what was going on. And I do think it's interesting as well that Elon Musk recently this week hired a new CEO for Twitter, and that CEO is a woman when all of this stuff is coming out. It's just something to keep in mind. And the very last thing, I know I keep teasing this timeline, so many, lots of timelines over on Fluently Forward this week, but if you watched, I think it was called Filthy Rich, that was the Netflix documentary, they interviewed different victims of Jeffrey Epstein and their stories, and there was a woman named Maria Farmers. Her and her sister were abused by Jeffrey Epstein, and she's an artist, and she painted this incredible, huge mural that was kind of related to everything with Jeffrey Epstein, and you can see his face, other people's faces in it, the devil. It's like this twisted tree, this tangled weave of web, web, weave, weave, it's a, whatever. It's basically tying everybody involved in that, I was about to use an F-bomb, that mess together. And I really suggest, oh, I'll put it up on Instagram this week, but I really suggest that you check it out because one of the things that was on there was Elon Musk's face. And there is something where everybody rises to defend Elon Musk. I don't know if it's because, you know, what he's done with Tesla and the environment kind of gives him some kudo points that way. I don't know if it's because he is memeing on Twitter so people think that he's one of us when he's really not. I don't know if it's because he's so nerdy that people think that nerdy people can't also be sexual deviants, which, good God, have you ever been to a Ren Fest? Anyway, that's just the final point before we get into the timeline that Elon Musk has been popping up in relation to Jeffrey Epstein. This episode is brought to you by Saqqara. I know that talking about Jeffrey Epstein might be kind of disgusting, so let's talk for a minute about something that's kind of scrumptious. Saqqara has got these flexible signature nutrition programs. They will send you these incredible, nourishing, feel-good meals. You can go online to their website, pick if you want breakfast, lunch, dinner, all of them, some of them, however many times a week. And these meals, I've been having them, absolutely incredible. They will send you these like breakfast pies and breads that are made out of this almond flour and they taste so good and they're so dense and their salads are honestly my favorite. They also have this curry that was really good. That would be number two for me, but the menu is different every week. It's so fun. It's so exciting. And if maybe you just want to dip your toe into the pool of Saqqara possibilities, you can go to saqqara.com fluently and get 20% off your first order. This could be one of the nutrition programs. Maybe you say, hey, I want some vitamin beauty drops, or I want some probiotics, or I want some sleepy time tea. All of that, check it out, saqqara.com fluently for 20% off. Now, let's dive in. The very first time they met was in 2011, and you know me, you know what I say, if, he, if anyone in the world hung out with Jeffrey Epstein after 2006, when he was convicted for being a child sex offender in Florida, you're already on my naughty list. So Elon Musk 
and Jeffrey Epstein were both at this dinner in 2011 called the Edge Dinner. And it was like this asshole dinner for a bunch of millionaires that happened. Uh, This was held in Long Beach, California, and basically a bunch of these like rich bouges were all in town for the TED conference. So who was at this dinner? We have Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, the Google co-founder, Sergey Brine, not Larry Page. We have Jeffrey Epstein. And this was an annual event called the Billionaire's Dinner. And it was just rich people there without without any of like the hanger-ons or the social climbers. It was like just for the cream of the crop. And apparently when this event was put up online later on with names of people who were there, photos, they purposely left off Jeffrey Epstein's name from the guest list, even though he was at that dinner in 2011. Now, reading online, there was also another dinner that everybody attended that kind of sounds similar to this. This was in a 2019 Vanity Fair article, they referenced Epstein at this like fancy elite dinner with Elon Musk, Mark Zuckerberg, other people there. But that dinner was actually held in Palo Alto, not Long Beach. So I feel like now we have references of two different dinners that Elon Musk was at with Jeffrey Epstein. Now, sure, we've all been to like a huge I don't know, restaurant, just because like you ate in the same area as someone doesn't really incriminate you. But we're going to continue on into this timeline, taking it back to 2011. So Business Insider did some interesting reporting. Jeffrey Epstein was such a wormy little pervert asshole snake. So what he did was he found a girlfriend for Elon Musk's brother in an attempt to get closer to Elon Musk. What a Machiavellian little shit. So basically, there was this woman in his entourage. Anytime a woman is in Jeffrey Epstein's entourage, I'm just going to go ahead and assume that she was a victim of abuse. Now, we don't know exactly who this woman is that Jeffrey Epstein set up with Elon Musk's brother. Most people are guessing a woman named Nadia. And this woman named Nadia was quite literally purchased by Jeffrey Epstein from her parents as a teenager over in Eastern Europe. And she was definitely subject to abuse and most likely trafficking. So yeah, in 2011, he introduces this woman, I think it's Nadia, but we don't know for sure, to Kimball Musk, Elon's brother. And he introduces her saying, oh, this is a woman I used to date like she previously dated me, which we all know nobody dates Jeffrey Epstein. You only get abused by him. It's like the same thing with Harvey Weinstein. So she lived in this apartment building that Jeffrey Epstein would house all of these models in. And she dated Elon Musk's brother from 2011 to 2012. And it seems like the relationship was genuine, but you know that Epstein set it up because he wanted to open up doors to Elon Musk and his companies. Now, the Business Insider article says that Jeffrey Epstein and his entourage were given a private tour of the SpaceX facilities in 2012. Elon Musk's representatives have come out and said that that didn't happen. So it's a little, he said, you know, I don't know, one billionaire pervert said this and one billionaire pervert said that. Now, moving on to the next year, we're in 2012. Business Insider reports that Elon Musk visited Jeffrey Epstein's New York townhouse with his then-wife, Tallulah Riley. And Tallulah ended up later confirming this on Twitter that they did, in fact, go to his house in 2012. Now, this is what Elon Musk has said about that trip over to his mansion. 
I don't recall introducing Epstein to anyone as I don't know the guy well enough to do so. Epstein is obviously a creep and Zuckerberg is not a friend of mine. Several years ago, I was at his house in Manhattan for about 30 minutes in the middle of the afternoon with Tallulah as she was curious about meeting the strange person for a novel she was writing. We did not see anything inappropriate at all apart from weird art. He tried repeatedly to get me to visit his island. I declined. And then a spokesperson for Elon Musk emailed and said, Elon never introduced Jeffrey Epstein to Mark Zuckerberg and does not know either person well enough to do so. They simply happened to be guests at a neuroscience dinner organized by Reid Hoffman. So a few things about this. Number one, how funny to throw your wife under the bus and be like, oh, I was only there because she was writing a novel. And what? Like she wanted to see a sociopathic pedophile up close. Like I find that bizarre too, because they went to his house in 2012 and he was already a convicted child sex offender. Like how many times do I have to say it? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. It is interesting how every single person keeps talking about the weird art in his mansion. You know from the other episodes I've talked about how I know somebody who saw a Picasso piece of art in his mansion. If you haven't seen the picture that he allegedly had in his apartment, a painting of Bill Clinton wearing Monica Lewinsky's blue dress, that apparently was in his mansion. But still, it's like, yes, okay, sure, maybe you went there because your wife wanted to write a novel, and I don't know, to see what evil looks like up close. Maybe you were only there for 30 minutes. He was a convicted child sex offender. Like, I just want to sit all of these people down and be like, so that's not a deal breaker for you. Having sex with children isn't a deal breaker. Are you kidding me? Now we take it forward two years and we're in 2014. And this is when Elon Musk and Ghislaine Maxwell were photographed together at the Vanity Fair Oscar party. And back in 2020, Elon Musk wrote, I don't know Ghislaine at all. She photobombed me once at a Vanity Fair party several years ago. Real question is why Vanity Fair invited her in the first place. Great deflection there. Anyway, now here's the thing. The New York Times did some research on this. And there was like a reporter there, like a staffer who was taking notes on different conversations that were happening. And it wasn't a photobomb. At that event, Elon Musk and Ghislaine Maxwell had a whole talk about aliens, humans living in a simulation, and scrubbing somebody from the internet. So to be fair, apparently it was Ghislaine who asked Elon if it was possible to completely erase someone from the online world. And I'm sure she's not thinking about privacy. I'm sure she's thinking about the fact that she's a sex trafficker. So apparently, according to the staffer who took notes, Elon Musk reported, uh, responded to that with skepticism. And then their conversation was more like Elon Musky, and they started talking about aliens and simulations and stuff like that. Now we go four years into the future. In 2018, Jeffrey Epstein was bragging to this New York Times journalist that he was advising Elon Musk. Do you remember when Elon Musk got in trouble for tweeting like, LOL, once the stock price goes to 420, I'm going to take uh, Tesla private, public? Okay, I'm not a finance girl. Anyway, but he messed up the markets a little bit with that tweet. He got fined heavily by the SEC. And Elon Musk 
Was he or was he not advised by Jeffrey Epstein at that time? He was going around talking to everybody at the New York Times saying, oh yeah, Elon Musk reached out to me. He wanted some help during that troubling time. And I gave him advice. I was like a consultant. And then he also bragged that he had consulted with Saudi Arabia about investing in Tesla. So in 2018, Jeffrey Epstein's really pulling out all of the stops to try and ferociously link himself to Elon Musk. So this is what that journalist from the New York Times who interviewed Jeffrey Epstein in 2018 says. He said, he said, I'd never met Mr. Epstein before. I contacted him because my colleagues and I had heard a rumor that he was advising Elon Musk, who was in trouble after announcing on Twitter that he lined up the funding to take Tesla private. So this New York Times journalist goes on to say that they heard rumors that Mr. Epstein was compiling a list of different candidates for Tesla's chairman and that Elon Musk had asked him specifically to do that. Now, Elon Musk and Tesla deny that. They say it's incorrect to say that Epstein ever advised Elon on anything at all. So we have Epstein saying, we were in talks. We have Elon saying, we weren't in talks. And then we have a subpoena out there saying, show me your documents so we can see if you're in talks. And I think that's the question on everybody's mind. Were they actually in communication and advising each other on business deals? Now, just another interesting tidbit from that article, because after Jeffrey Epstein died, this New York Times journalist who once interviewed him wrote an entire article about like what it was like interviewing him. And I'm just, he's like a fucked up, oh, F-bomb. Okay, I still get two more. He's a messed up individual. And I just find it so interesting to read from people who actually interacted with him. So this New York Times journalist said that when they talk, were talking to Jeffrey Epstein, quote, he was more at ease discussing his interest in young women. He said that criminalizing sex with teenage girls was a cultural aberration and that at times in history, it was perfectly acceptable. He pointed out that homosexuality had long been considered a crime and was still punishable by death in some parts of the world. Now it makes sense why he was hanging out so much with Kevin Spacey. And like on the worst corners of the internet, on like creepy parts of Reddit, I have heard people say stuff like this where they're like, oh my God, like back in the day, people used to, you know, marry 16 year old girls and get them pregnant as when they're most fertile. It's only now that we don't do that, but it's actually biologically what we should be doing. I find that type of rhetoric, some of the most stomach churning, sick shit I've ever heard. Anyway, and then I want to continue with this because I think this is interesting. Quote, Mr. Epstein then meandered into a discussion of other prominent names in technology circles. He said that people in Silicon Valley had a reputation for being geeky workaholics, but that was far from the truth. They were hedonistic and regular users of recreational drugs. He said he'd witnessed prominent tech figures taking drugs and arranging for sex. Mr. Epstein stressed that he never drank or used drugs of any kind. And yes, yes, yes. I think so many people just think, oh, if you're a dork, if you're a coder, there's no way that you're, I don't know, arranging for sex or doing something hedonistic. And that happens all the time. It happens all the time. I also find this very interesting too when people who are kind of like the puppet masters of a certain group, they never let themselves lose control. So like Epstein never drank, never used drugs, but he would get all these other people in these compromising positions where he's in control, but they're out of control and he's secretly filming it, allegedly. 
this is like a very, very weird example, but it almost kind of reminds me of David Dobrik and how like he wouldn't drink when he did his vlogs, but he would put all of these shots on his friends and get them messed up and then record them doing crazy antics at a party for his like YouTube channel. I'm just always, it's just so not my vibe. Cause first of all, I feel like whenever I'm sober and people are drunk around me, I'm like, you're all bothering me. Like if we're not on the same level, I'm getting kind of bothered. That is if, if I'm the sober one, but I find that very fascinating. You know, he did that on purpose. Today's episode is brought to you by Chime. Good money habits, they start with your very first paycheck, and if you just scored your first job, you've got an opportunity to jumpstart a healthy financial journey. So when you sign up for Chime and you link a qualifying direct deposit, you get access to benefits like being paid up to two days early and fee-free overdraft up to $200. And with Chime, there are no monthly fees, no minimum balance, and no deposit required to become a member. So sign up for a Chime checking account today to link your paycheck. It only takes two minutes and it doesn't affect your credit score. You can get started at chime.com slash fluently. That is chime.com slash fluently. Chime is a financial technology company, not a bank. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank or Stride Bank members FDIC. Early access to direct deposit funds depends on payer. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. See chime.com slash spot me. And then this was another very interesting part of this article. So when this New York Times journalist went over to Jeffrey Epstein's place, right, this huge building on East 71st Street, they rang the bell and the door was opened by a young woman with her blonde hair pulled back and she greeted me with what sounded like an Eastern European accent. I couldn't say how old she was, but my guess would be late teens or perhaps 20. Given Mr. Epstein's past, that struck me as far too close to the line. Why would Mr. Epstein want a reporter's first impression to be that of a young woman opening up his door? And that really goes to show just what a freak this guy was. Like you're a literal convicted child sex offender and you're having a teenager open up the door for someone who works at the New York Times. Talk about someone who thought he could get away with anything. So yeah, at this point, we're just waiting for Elon Musk to hand over these documents and he's been avoiding doing this for a while. And part of me thinks it's because we're going to find something in those documents. Maybe not that he flew to the island and he was abusing children, but maybe that he was working with Epstein, maybe references about the trafficking that he was doing. Now, I think this is kind of something that he's trying to stray away from even more because he's made different comments on Twitter. Surprise, surprise. He comments about everything over there about Jeffrey Epstein. So this was one comment that he made in May 2022. So last year, Somebody on Twitter was talking about the Ghislaine Maxwell trial and Elon Musk responded saying, where is their client list? Shouldn't at least one of them go down? And the year before, he posted this meme and it said, things I'll never see in my life. And it was a picture of a dragon, a dinosaur, a unicorn, and then a thing of text that says the Epstein Maxwell client list. And he tweeted that meme and he wrote with it, only thing more remarkable than DOJ not leaking the list is that no one in the media cares. Doesn't that seem odd? And once again, I feel like that makes people think, oh my God, Elon Musk is like one of the people. Like he also wants to know who's on the client list. 
bitch, why weren't you tweeting about like how you met him at dinners and you went to his house and like he set your brother up with his girlfriend and like you knew him, but instead he's masquerading on Twitter like this person who knows nothing about Jeffrey Epstein but is desperate for the client list to get out. And it's like, why didn't you ask him about it in 2011 or 2012 or 2014 or 2018 or all of the people you know? Like you know that Elon Musk knows people who have been to that island. So it's just like so crazy and stupid to me. Like if you really want to get to the bottom of the client list, hand over your documents. Anyway, I just want to wrap up too with some online thoughts because you know me, I like to troll the interwebs and just take all of this with a grain of salt. But here were some comments that I found relating to this on Reddit. My wife's nephew worked as first mate on Elon's yacht. He told me about an insane birthday party he threw for his brother on board. Human trafficking for commercial purposes? Oh yeah, LOL. Mountains of cocaine and a whole crew of hookers he flew in from Eastern Europe. Her nephew was young and it blew his mind, but that's what the wealthiest men on earth do. I don't judge, but the clean image hypocrisy is total bullshit. Looking back on this, I bet Epstein supplied the sex slave children for the party. They were all under 18. And then this is one more other comment that somebody said online. Somebody said, you know, when he started calling that cave diver dude a pedophile, if we remember the, I think it was the boys from a soccer team who were stuck in that cave in Thailand. Anyway, continuing. My spidey senses made me go, hmm, weird thing to throw out there. Sounds like projection. He released all sorts of Twitter files, election, COVID stuff, but never did anything regarding all of the child abuse that was on that site. Sickening stuff. And yeah, if you haven't listened to the very first episode I did with my sister-in-law, Haley McNamara, all about sex trafficking in Hollywood and on social media, it is so rampant on Twitter And Elon Musk was releasing all of this stuff about the Twitter files and how Twitter was suppressing different Republican tweets, which I will say, look into it because it's it's really, they're basically, to sum up everything that came out of the Twitter files, there was a button at Twitter, like a line of code, where if somebody who, they were all conservative, they would basically press this button and insert this line of code that would essentially shadow ban them. So they would be out there tweeting, thinking that everybody was seeing their tweets, but because they were Republican or conservative, their tweets weren't shown to everybody, which like, I will say, it's just, you know, even if I would be a fan of it, because I've seen some insane tweets online and I'm like, I wish I didn't have to see that, it is not fair. Anyway, but Twitter is also notorious. Twitter is like the one social media platform where basically you can watch porn. Remember when Ted Cruz liked a porn video on his Twitter? Like, oh my God. Anyway, so because of that, child sex abuse, CSAM, yeah, child sexual abuse materials is what you call it, is all over Twitter. And it's just so funny that he was like, you know what? We're going to talk about how the Republicans have been like mistreated on Twitter. What about the kids? getting abused, you know? So it's just funny what these people kind of pick and choose to care about. So that's what we have, a little bit of uh, maybe there's a relationship, maybe not. We're really going to know when these documents come to light and finally prove, was Jeffrey Epstein telling the truth or was Elon Musk? So there we have it. Thank you for indulging me in another little bit of a Jeffrey Epstein deep dive. And you know what? sometime, maybe in the next month, we're going to have to do that Bill Gates episode. And I don't want it like, it's not going to be boring. I want it to be all about the different affairs Bill Gates have had. And check out, like give a Google to that bridge player that he 
had the affair with. Tell me that she doesn't look like Greta Thunberg. Anyway, thank you for hanging out with me and I will see you next week for another episode of Fluently Forward. Bye guys.